Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. Right now, you're about to listen to a message from our current series. Thanks for tuning in today. Praise the Lord. Open your Bibles, if you would, to the book uh, of Ephesians, the first chapter. And uh, I'm going to begin a series this morning. Uh, I guess I, I titled this series, The Person, Power, and Purpose of the Holy Spirit. The Person, Power, and Purpose of the Holy Spirit. And today I'll talk about a little bit about this third person of the Godhead called the Holy Spirit. Sometimes I wonder why we're, um, as believers... Uh, you see, when you get saved, something supernatural happens to you. Would you go, if you agree, save into that. Something supernatural, something of the unseen realm happens in your life. And that is this, that the Spirit of God literally comes inside of you and awakens your spiritual dead uh, uh, life. It, it, he, he awakens it with the resurrection power of Jesus, and all of a sudden, you are born again, meaning that on the inside, you you receive the very spiritual nature of God. We call it eternal, everlasting life. And yet when it comes to the ministry or the, the person of the Holy Ghost, uh, usually the only, a lot of times, I mean, many churches, the only time the Holy Spirit is ever mentioned is in the doxology. Uh, uh, they sing it and they end it with the Holy Ghost, and that's all they know about him. They're not, they're not familiar with this person, and that the Holy Spirit is not an it. The per- Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead. If you agree, say amen to that. <clears throat> and um, when it comes to the spiritual things of God, if you attempt to or try to study the Bible just simply out of head knowledge, you're going to be cheated out of what God is really saying to you as a believer. And uh, now we are, we preach, uh, uh, we preach the message of salvation, and we'll look at that this morning, and um, uh, the message of being born again, and then we, we share also this biblical message of being spirit-filled with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And, and why is this important? Because how many would like everything that God has promised you in his word? Raise your hand if you want everything that God's promised in his word. So we shouldn't be afraid of the supernatural. And I'll be teaching on this supernatural uh, gift called the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. We'll teach on that later. But I want to introduce you or reintroduce some of you to the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So you, got, you can't enter the word of God uh, and try to, try to, reason, uh, try to uh, understand it by human reason because it goes beyond that. You have to receive things by faith. If you agree, say amen. We weren't there when God created the heaven and the earth, but we believe it. And so we accept that by faith. We weren't there when Jesus died and rose from the dead, but we accept it by faith. Can I have an amen to that? And so when it comes to these the ministry of the Trinity, and we need to see what the Word of God says and accept, uh, accept it so that we can overcome the, the things that come against us uh, in our lives, especially uh, as Christians. Now, whether we realize it or not, or you realize it or not, spiritual warfare is a real thing. Uh, your, the greatest enemy is not the one sitting beside you, is not your boss. Can I have an amen? It, uh, it, it, it's not somebody natural. Your greatest enemy is in the realm of the spirit. And, it's, and that, of course, is the, uh, is the presence and nature of Satan himself. And um, so that's why it's important and significant that you understand the ministry of the Holy Spirit and that he, that he, we used to sing a song that someone wrote, I don't know who wrote it, but what a friend we have in Jesus. And that's a beautiful song. Uh, but but <clears throat> once you become born again, your, your song should say, what a friend we have in the Holy Spirit. Yeah. 
Because uh, you have God the Father who's seated in heaven. You have God the Son who's seated at his right hand. Now, his ministry, as you learned, we did a whole series, and I hope you can go online and listen to it, that Jesus Christ is the high priest of your profession. He's the high priest of things pertaining to God himself, all the eternal things, the spiritual things. Uh, that's what he's the high priest of. So when you go to God uh, as a believer, you cannot go to God uh, by yourself. Because you won't go to God by yourself. Because you will feel that nakedness. You will feel that, that, um, that unworthiness in yourself to approach God because of the frailty of your humanity. <clears throat> so when I approach God, in my mind, because the Bible says it, so I, I believe it, that, that Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he's called your intercessor. He's called the high priest of your profession. He's called to represent you before God. So I always go to God through Christ Jesus. Amen. I'm not perfect, but he is. Hallelujah. So he's the one I approach God through. Amen. So God sent his spirit into our lives so that we could conquer the spiritual warfare that it goes on. It's ongoing and will continue to go on in your life until the day you take your last earth breath. For many Christians... Uh, again, they're, 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 they're familiar somewhat with God, familiar with Jesus if they're saved, but they lack knowledge when it comes to the Holy Spirit. And I don't want you to, uh, oh, there's so many things to share and I just can't get into it, but I don't want you to over-spiritualize anything. And um, uh, the most important thing about the presence of person of the Holy Spirit is his character. That's the most important thing. Galatians 5 verse 22 gives us the nine fruit of the Spirit, or we can say the nine characteristics of God. So that's, to me, that's far more important than you saying that you pray in tongues. If you pray in tongues, that just means you have a greater responsibility to exemplify or reflect the nature of God in your life. Can I have an amen? I told you one time, I pulled up to 14th in Minnesota, and, uh, and the light was uh, red, and, and there was a lady who had a bumper sticker, uh, if you love Je- uh, honk if you love Jesus. And so I honked, and she turned around and flipped me off. <laughs> she forgot what she had on her bumper. And so even when someone honks at you, uh, the nature of God should come out of you, not the nature of your flesh. Can I have an amen? And uh, of course, all of us know about road rage. I am, I, and I, I must confess, I am very impatient when it comes to some people's driving, uh, but I shall prevail. I shall overcome. Amen. In many churches, and way too many, I think that especially today, when it comes to the seeker-sensitive type environment, many churches don't acknowledge, recognize, or allow the Holy Spirit to move in their, in their congregations. And we don't want that here. We want the Holy Spirit to do what he wants to do. And I believe that's what you want. If, 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 let me hear with a good shout if that's, if that's what you want in your life. Amen. You want, amen. You want him to manifest his glory so that you get a greater uh, degree of insight regarding your walk with God. So, therefore, because they don't allow the Holy Spirit to recognize him, he is unable to do what he does best, and that's simply to, re- <clears throat> to reveal the will of God that is found in his, in his word so that you can, as a believer, overcome uh, the world, the flesh, and the devil. Amen. Now, Luke, the 24th chapter. <clears throat> Before I read this, I want to say the Holy Spirit's presence is documented and recorded throughout the Bible. 
and I, I looked this up, all the way from, we're going to look at Genesis 1-1, all the way to Revelation 22, which is the last chapter in the Bible, the Holy Spirit is found, his ministry is found throughout the entire Bible. And now today, in the 21st century, he is your helper. He's the one that God sent to help you carry out his will in the earth. Amen. He, he's, he's here to strengthen you. He's here to, to give you the inward revelation of his word so that when, when the pressure's on, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water, not the stench of this world. Can I have an amen? So he's your present day help. Amen. In Luke, the 24th, 24th chapter, uh, Jesus said this prior to his ascension to the Father. He had already risen from the dead, and, and this was his, some of his last words to his to his um, disciples. He said, this is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance and forgiveness of sins would be preached in his name to all nations or all ethnicities, okay? Beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. Say, I'm a witness. witness. Amen. Now, he says, I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with, that word means equipped with or endued with, power from on high. That means it's supernatural power. It's not something natural. It's not something you get uh, get, uh, out of your uh, workout at the gym. This is supernatural power from within. Amen. That literally, listen, that literally affects every aspect of your life, even your Adamic nature. Hallelujah. Supernatural help. It comes from the third person of the Godhead. Amen. Say this out loud. Thank you, Holy Spirit, Spirit. that you live in me. me. Now, he's called the Holy Spirit for a reason, because he's holy. And the Bible says, without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. Says that, I believe, in the book of Peter. Without, without hope, that doesn't mean, like Randy said, you preached last week, doesn't mean a bun in your hair and you don't shave your legs. That, uh, nothing out of the external. It's all internal. Can I have an amen? It's, it's internal holiness. That actually, it's inside, but it also reflects on the outside of your life. They see it in, they see it in how you live. They see it in how you respond under pressure. Amen. It, it's a witness to the world that someone Someone holy is living on the inside of you. It's how you, it's how your speech, you conduct your speech on a daily basis. But God wants a holy people for himself. If you agree, say amen. Amen. He goes, so it's power from on high. I wrote this down, an acronym for help. Heaven's eternal liberating power. Heaven's eternal liberating power. Can I have an amen? Now, first John, the fifth chapter, John wrote this uh, John, of course, he's known as, the, as the, the, the loving disciple. In fact, he's the only disciple that lived out his life. Isn't that something? All other disciples were martyred, but he, uh, was, he had to have been an amazing man. He was so filled with God's love that that love preserved him until he died of old age. He said this, who is it that is victorious over or that conquers the world? Who is it? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. No, but this isn't believing. It isn't just believing. I like the Amplified. Who adheres to, trusts in, and relies on that fact. Amen. Jesus is your victory over the world. His spirit is your victory over the world. His, his word is your victory over the world. Can I have an amen? And, uh, and the behavior of the world. Now listen to this verse 6 out of the Passion Bible. Jesus Christ is the one who is revealed as God's son by his water baptism and by the blood of his cross, 
not by water alone only, but by water and blood. And the Spirit who is truth confirms this with his testimony. So we have these three constant witnesses giving their evidence, which is what? The Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the water, the baptism of Jesus, and the blood. And these three are in agreement, or they're in full agreement regarding the redemptive will of God, okay? Now, Jesus responded, and again, it's hard to explain God as three in one, but he is, okay? And um, if he wasn't three in one, then he, he's the only one that was able to pull off redemption for us. When Jesus died on the cross, some people don't believe this. It doesn't matter. If you don't believe it, just relax. God will show you later. But, um, uh, but Jesus went to the cross. He just didn't die a physical death. In fact, they, he could not die physically until he first died spiritually. Because spiritual death is the father of physical death. Spiritual death simply means separation from God. Every one of you and I, before we were born again, we were spiritually separated from God. If you agree, say amen. amen. Spiritually separated. And of course, that affected every aspect of our lives. Our spirit was dead. Our nature was dead, separated from God. Therefore, we carried on the nature, the Adamic nature of the behavior of our father, the devil. <clears throat> okay? And then, then uh, and so when Jesus died on the cross... Uh, he's, uh, he, he, he gave up his, his life. He gave up. He surrendered to death. All the sins of mankind were laid upon him. He went into hell to pay the price where which we were supposed to go to. But the Bible says that the Spirit of God raised him from the dead. Praise God. He breathed the very... Jesus was the first man ever to be born again. <clears throat> he was the one born from the dead. Firstborn among many brethren, that's referencing spiritual life. So he, he took on, the Bible says God made, Jesus never sinned, but God made Jesus sin, uh, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21, God made Jesus sin so that God could make us righteous in Christ, okay? He paid the price for our redemption so that we could receive his eternal life back into us. He restored humanity to divine favor with himself. Come on, everybody should shout hallelujah. Amen. Everyone, did everyone, doesn't matter what ethnicity, doesn't matter what religion, everyone, everyone has been offered or has been given the gift of salvation through Christ Jesus. The only thing is that, that, that they have to know it. I said, they have to know it, number one, and then, of course, they have to receive it. If you agree, say amen. amen. <clears throat> so, um, Matthew 28, Jesus said, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore, this is after he rose from the dead, he said, go ye therefore and teach or disciple all nations or ethnicities, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. So, let me just simply say this. So we have God the Father. John 4, 24 says God is a spirit. In fact, Jesus said no one has ever seen him. But Jesus, the Bible says, think about this. Jesus, when he rose from the dead, uh, he, he took upon his, himself his glorified body, and he sits at the right hand of God in a, in a flesh body like ours. So you've got God the Father enthroned. You have Jesus seated at the right hand in a body like ours, and then we have the Holy Spirit who was sent to live on the inside of each one of us. Explain that. See, there are some things you cannot logically explain. You simply have to accept them by faith. Amen. Can I have an amen? You have to accept them by faith. 
And there's all sorts of, you know, opinions out there regarding the Trinity, but I believe in the Trinity. I believe in God the Father. I believe in God the Son. I believe in God the Holy Spirit. They're God three in one, all right? But each one of them plays an important role in our lives. I go to the Father now, and I go to the Father because I know Jesus is seated at the right hand of God representing me. Hallelujah. And of course, the Holy Spirit was sent by God uh, to not only to manifest salvation in us, but to manifest his redemptive love through us. Do you agree? Say amen to that. Now, in John the third chapter, we'll just, uh, we'll just share a couple things here. In John the third chapter, this is an awesome story about Nicodemus, okay? So let's read it. <clears throat> Why? Because the Holy Spirit is constantly wooing sinners towards God's saving grace, which comes, of course, through us. So here's Jesus. There was a man of the Pharisee sect. His name is Nicodemus. He was a prominent leader among the Jews. So late one night, he come to visit Jesus, and he said, Rabbi, we all know you're a teacher straight from God. No one could do all the God-pointing, God-revealing acts you do if God weren't in on it. And Jesus said, well, you're absolutely right. Take it from me. Unless a person is born from above, born from above. I mean, there are people, precious people that go to church. I mean, precious people in our community that go to church every Sunday, but only have a head knowledge of God because the minister or the preacher or the priest uh, has not taught them that a person must be born again. You cannot know God unless you, 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 you come in contact with God by the Holy Spirit. If you agree, say amen. So the Bible says, um, uh, take it from me unless a person is born from above. It's not possible to see what I'm pointing to, God's kingdom. How can anyone, Nicodemus said, be born who's already been born and grown up? You can't re-enter your mother's womb and be born again, uh, womb. What are you saying with this born from above talk? And Jesus says, you're not listening to me. Let me say it again, unless a person submits or yields to this original creation, I'll Focus on that for a moment. The original creation, okay? What is that? The wind hovering, hovering over the water, creation. The invisible moving the visible. A baptism into a new life. It's not possible to enter God's kingdom. Okay, that phrase right there, the wind hovering over the waters, Jesus took that from Genesis 1.1. So let's go to Genesis 1.1. It'll be on the screen here. Now, in Genesis 1 verse 1, in, the Bible says, in the beginning, John, in his letter to the church, starts out with the same phrase. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and all things were created by the Word, okay? So here he says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness is upon the face of the deep. Now, if you were to just read that as a collection of one verse, take out the verse two, but just as one verse, you would think that God created the earth without form, void, and darkness upon the face of the deep. But let's define those three words, and we'll kind of get a different perspective on, on between verse 1 and verse 2. Now, without form is a wasteland, a desert, a, worth, a desolate desert, a worthless thing, confusion, an empty place, a wilderness. What does void mean? An undistinguishable ruin. What does darkness mean? Misery, destruction, death, ignorance, sorrow, and wickedness. And when I read all these things, I could just st I stopped to think of one thing, you and I before Christ. That is defining man without God. That's defining the absence of God in your life before you receive Christ. 
Life is a mess. Hey, amen. You agree with me? I mean, misery, destruction, uh, death, the curse of every kind is operating in your life. That is, that is the absence of God in a person's life, okay? So, though God gets the blame for devastation overall, somebody put it one day, I don't know who did it, years ago, but in your insurance policy, uh, if it's an act of God, they won't cover it. So God gets the blame for everything, but he's not the, he is not the author of death, he's not the author of devastation, he's not the author of destruction, if you agree, say amen to that. He's not, he never has been. So, but we do know who is. John 10.10 says, the thief cometh not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. Acts 10.38, how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and and power who went about uh, doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with them. Somebody shout hallelujah. So we know that God is not the author of such stuff. Amen. So that means something devastating happened. Something devastating happened between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2. It had to. Something happened. And I, can, I believe I proved from scriptures what happened, okay? And it's found in Revelation 12. Now, then war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels went forth to battle with the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought, but they were defeated. I said they were defeated. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, And there was no room found for them in heaven any longer. And the huge dragon was cast down and out, that old age-old serpent, who's called the devil and Satan, he who is the seducer or deceiver of all humanity the world over. He was forced out, watch this, and down to the earth, and his angels were flung out along with him. In fact, Jesus declared it. He said in Luke, the 10th chapter, I think verse 19, he says, I saw Satan fall as lightning from heaven. He saw him. I mean, God cast him out, man. There's just a a glow of a a fire coming out of his backside, praise God, all the way down uh, to earth. And God cast him to earth. And that's when, that's when all the devastation took place. And uh, I I was sharing in the first service that when God put Adam in the garden, you know, it it was the garden that God had made. But there was devastation all around on the earth at that time because Satan was present there. But God had fenced in an area and planted a garden for Adam. And and God said, said, Adam, if you'll listen to me, you'll love me and obey me. Your life's going to be blessed. Hallelujah. I'm going to protect you, take care of you. And um, but of course, we know what happened. He compromised God's word and, uh, and allowed the enemy into the center of his life. You can't compromise and expect God's blessing in, our, in your lives. Can I have an amen? A lot of times we allow darkness and devastation, especially in our relationships. That's what Satan attacks. Listen, God, the devil doesn't really care about your money. He doesn't care about your health. He cares about your relationship with God he, and your relationship with one another. Isn't it a something how the family's being destroyed today? I mean, it has, I mean uh, that's why we need a spiritual awakening in America, especially among the men. Can I have an amen, guys? Uh, spiritual awakenings, though, we'll accept the spiritual responsibility for our lives and, um, and, and, and bring a greater quality uh, of life into our families as a whole. And so, the devil's always been the author of all warfare. In Ephesians 6, 
Paul talked about this. Look at here. This is in the New Living Translation. He says a final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Did you catch that, guys? Be strong. Be empowered. The Amplified is so beautiful. Be empowered through your union with him. Isn't that beautiful? I'm going to believe God wants you to be intimate with him. See, I believe that's the... uh, God wants intimacy, spiritual intimacy. I mean, the Holy Spirit wants that in your life. Amen. Uh, Again, this is true, you know. I remember I I wrote that goofy little little course, you know. I mean, goofy in one sense, childlike in a sense. Maybe people snicker at it, but I take it serious. When When I was singing, I'm walking in the favor of God. I'm walking in the favor of God. You may think it's strange and even kind of odd, but I'm walking in the favor of God. Amen. So we're down in Florida. And I, 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 down in Florida, and, and I was singing that song in the Jeep. And, uh, and Russ was with me. I told him I wrote that little ditty, you know, because, you know, uh, I just, I'm, I was working one day and I don't know, that just came over me and I started singing it. Every time I sang it, I bust out laughing. I mean, if anybody had been watching that, I thought, ah, oh, the guy, uh, you know, something's, you know. And uh, so I'm, uh, you know, it's a very, it may be childish to you, but it wasn't to me. It was real. And so, and, and I don't know about you, how many has ever believed for a parking place? Amen. Now you may say, oh, that is so foolish. Well, it isn't for me. And I'm very good health. I can walk three miles, no problem at all. But I just like being up close if all possible, especially for my wife. So I started singing that song, walking in the favor of God. Amen. I'm walking in the, and all of a sudden, I'm driving around, looking for a parking place. And I mean, right in front, I mean, you can't get any closer uh, unless you park in the mall. And uh, a guy backs out, I pulled in, and I just laughed. Hallelujah. I said, God, you're so awesome. Amen. And so that was the first time Russell was with me. Russell was with me. So then Russ got in with me a day later, and, and I started singing my song, walking, of course, he thinks I'm loopy, you know, uh, walking in the favor of God, and guess what? Car backs right out, right in front, I pu- pulled in, and I just started laughing, hallelujah. See, God, God loves childlike faith, amen. I mean, I, often, listen, people have died prematurely. I'm talking about born-again, spirit-filled people have died prematurely because they neglected the warning of the Holy Spirit. Uh, there were stories uh, when the Twin Towers fell. There were stories of um, believers that just uh, inside this, and I, just, I just don't feel like going to work today. Something, something's wrong. And they stayed home. They listened to the unction of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Uh, others got to work and said, I don't know what's going on, but I got to get out of here. And they left, and their lives were spared. Now, I'm not saying this happens, I mean, you know, I mean, that's a constant thing. But I'm telling you, God, God wants to warn you. He said he would show you things to come. And he wants to make sure you're not at the wrong place at the wrong time. I said, come on, amen. He really does. And so we need to listen to the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. So I was walking out of the house the other day. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit said, hey, you forgot your briefcase. Oh, I said, oh, so I went back and got my briefcase, and I walked down and went, oh, thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. See, now, you may think that's silly, but when you get to my age, you need all the help you can get. Hallelujah. <laughs> amen. No, amen. Because I believe with all my heart. You know, there, there's been, there was a curse in my family 
And in Jesus' name, I'll not receive it. And the curse of dementia and Alzheimer's. In fact, it's a, it's a plague today in society. And uh, I, I know this one thing. If you and I will learn to operate in the Spirit and, 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 and develop this intimacy with the Holy Spirit, praise God, you, you will have the Bible promises. You'll have the mind of Christ. That's in 1 Corinthians, the second chapter, I believe. You'll have the mind of Christ, praise God. And, and, and you, you, won't, you can avoid the curse that seems to be on society today. If you agree, say amen to that. Walking in the favor of God. Amen. Thank you, Lord. For we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against rulers, evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, and against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. I just want you to know. I want you to understand. The warfare that is going on in your life originates in the spirit. You've got to capture that. If you don't capture it, it's going to run over you, destroy your marriage, destroy your life, destroy your family. You've got to know where the warfare is coming from. It has nothing to do. Remember, Satan attacks your life only in two ways, when you're doing right and doing wrong. But when you're doing right, he graces you to get through it. Can I have an Amen. I pray this always, and I believe I, it's a good prayer. I say, uh, when I look at people, I say, Father, minister that person. Lord, I pray that your mercy will go far deeper than any transgression in their lives. And God's mercy will. I say, God's mercy will, even in your own life. Praise the Lord. Then he says, therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will stand, still be standing firm. Amen. I said amen. amen. Back to Genesis 1. We're going to wind this up. He goes, in the beginning, God prepared, formed, fashioned, and created the heavens and the earth. Uh, and verse 2, the earth was without form and empty waste, and a darkness was upon the face of the great deep. The, the, the Living Bible says the earth was a shapeless, chaotic mass, verse 2. Uh, the Message Bible says the earth was a soup of nothingness, a bottomless emptiness, and inky blackness. Now, if the scriptures would have stopped right there, but what a bummer, but it didn't. I left, the, I left the most important phrase of that scripture reference, and it's this, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Amen. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, emancipation from bondage. I said, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Come on. Hallelujah. There is. And if he's leading you, you'll be free. Hallelujah. He doesn't lead you out of bond, into bondage. He leads you out. The Bible says in Romans 8, verse 14, they that are led, that word led literally means driven. Hop in and let him drive. They that are driven or led by the spirit are the sons of God. Amen. I said, amen. I want to be led by the Spirit. I don't want to be led by my flesh. And I don't think you do either. Can I have an amen? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. So, the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. What was he waiting for? Darkness was all around. Darkness was so deep, but the Holy Spirit was fluttering over the waters. What was he waiting for? He was waiting for God to speak. And the moment God said in verse 3, and God said, let there be light. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit enforced that and brought it to pass. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. Amen. The Spirit of God wants to bring forth inside of you the light of the glorious gospel of Christ so that people know that are in bondage, they can know that they can be free. Can I have an amen? 
Thank you, Lord. First John 1, verse 4 says, The Word gave life to everything that was created. Hallelujah. Amen. The Word gave life. See, there, uh, there can be no life without, without light. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. The Living Bible says eternal life is in Him. And this life gives light to all mankind. His life is the light that shines through the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Amen. Amen. Let's, let's finish uh, about Nicodemus, John 3, verse 5. Unless a person submits to this original creation, the wind hovering over the water, creation, the invisible moving the visible, a baptism into the new life, it's not possible uh, to enter God's kingdom. If there was ever a time, I mean, let me tell you something. I know I ask this a lot, but lift your hand if God's ever set you free from something. Amen. Listen, it's, it's from something for something. He set you free from something for something. And what is that? To let others know that God is a good God and he sets people free. We have such addictions today, more than I think, I think anyway, uh, 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 more than ever before, uh, more addictions, people in bondage, uh, uh, alcoholism, drug addiction, uh, sexual addiction, I mean, all sorts of things people are in bondage to fear, oppression, suicide, uh, murder. I mean, all the things going on in the world, God, God will change the heart of an individual as long as he can get his light on the inside. And that's what you're for. You're, you're to carry that message. Can I have an amen? amen. The person, the Bible says, uh, when you look at a baby, it's just that, a body you can look at and touch. But the person who takes shape within is formed by something you can't see and touch. That's the spirit. And what happens? He, that person or individual, becomes a living spirit. So don't be surprised when I tell you that you have to be born from above, out of this world, so to speak. You know well enough how the wind blows this way and that. You hear it's wrestling through the trees, but you have no idea where it comes from or where it's headed. That's the way it is with everyone born from above, by the wind of God, the spirit of God. But when I got saved, uh, I want the musicians to come forward if you would. When I got born again, I mean, I didn't know what I was doing. I, I, went, to, I went to, in fact, it'll be next month I got saved in 1971. I went to her graduation party. Uh, she was graduating from high school. The church was back then, like I could do today, acknowledge the graduates, you know. And, um, and so uh, when I went that, 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 that evening, Sunday evening, I'm sitting where Bruce is sitting in the second row, uh, and uh, that was nervous enough for me to be in the second row from the front. And uh, my dad, when we took us to church, he was mad if we didn't get the back row. Uh, no offense to those in the back row. But... And uh, yeah, and so I'm, I'm, she's standing right beside me, Vicki, and of course, I'm ready to get out of there, you know. And, and um, of course, those days, I was on drugs. My life was messed up. I don't know how in the world she even uh, held on to me. It was just in, insanity on her part. But um, uh, so she, well, she was, I mean, this woman, she had to grow up. She left home when she was young, and, uh, uh, and she had to grow up. She had three jobs when I met her. And uh, I mean, she's worked hard her entire life. And um, I mean, hard her entire life. I know many of you women have. I don't take that lightly. But she has worked hard her whole life. And um, uh, so she's standing beside me. She's uh, just a young pup. She's 17 years old. And, and uh, um, uh, I'm 19. And weren't you 17 then or 18? And holla, holla. Anyway, um, 
And he just had an altar call. And he said, if you were to die today, would you go to heaven? If you're not sure of that, would you raise your hand? Well, you know, I was born and raised in Lutheran church. You don't raise your hands, you know, when I went, where I went to church, you know? And, but my hand shot up. And it, it scared the tar out of me. I put it right back down again. <laughs> and, um, oh, you get down. Oh, you get down. Oh, anyway. And so, so I'm standing there, and the preacher said, if you raised your hand, come forward. Well, I couldn't. I mean, I'm in the second row. You think I'm going to come forward any farther? No way. So I just stood there. And so he walked up to me. He walked up. He's, you know, four inches from my ear. said, would you like to ask Jesus in your heart? And I said, yes. Yeah, I would. So he prayed a sinner's prayer, very simple. I'm making a point here. It was a simple prayer of me crying out to God. And God responded with with such depths of mercy that immediately those demons that had possessed me for all those years, I felt them leave me. And praise God, for the first time in my life, I was free. I said the first time in my life, I was free. Amen. Why am I saying that? Because it's the same with you. If you want to be free, I'm serious, Jesus will set you free. Now listen, and he'll keep you free. He'll set you free if you want to be free. Amen. So let's stand. I'm going to pray for you all today. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning services at 8.30 and 10.30. We also have a midweek service on Wednesday nights from 7 to 8. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.